On this most holy night, we remember three great mysteries. First and foremost, the gift of the Holy Eucharist, Jesus' body and blood, the divine presence of the incarnate Son of God that has remained with us, with his church, for 2,000 years to the present day, and will remain until the end of time. The second mystery that we meditate on, that we focus on this evening, is the institution of the holy priesthood. It was at the Last Supper that Jesus ordained the apostles, made them the first priests and bishops of the church. He intimately bound the Eucharist and the priesthood. Because, of course, the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. It is our Lord Jesus Christ, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And yet the Eucharist can only come to us because he gave us the priesthood. There's also one mystery, the final mystery, and it's what we heard in the gospel. It's the profound humility of Christ. That he came, even though he is Lord and Master, not to be served, but to serve. That mystery is most perfectly revealed in the Eucharist. There is no more humble expression that he came to become our very food. But to prove his humility on this special night, he washes the feet of the apostles. He, their Master, their Lord, their God, gets down on his hands and knees and washes the most humble part of their body. That part that gets all the dust of the street on it. And he tells them very clearly, as I have done for you, you must do for one another. I come among you as one who serves. See, this humble service of Jesus Christ is the model for every priest. It's our job, even though we are given the authority to govern and rule and perform the sacraments, all of that power, all of that authority is meant at the service of his bride, the church, of you, his holy people. So we, the priests, are supposed to humble ourselves in the same way. But all of us, in all of this, modeled after the perfect servitude of the Eucharist that Jesus becomes food for us. One of the Proverbs of Solomon in the scriptures tells us this. It's a wise proverb. It says, when you go to your neighbor's house and they provide a meal for you, pay close attention to the food that is provided because when you reach out to take some, you will be required to make a similar gift in return. One of Solomon's great proverbs. But the fathers of the church tell us, whereas that's good advice, kind of just with friends, you know, if they have you over, you have them over, that kind of thing, right? Good basic advice, Solomon is correct. But the fathers tell us this even more importantly is referring to the Eucharistic meal. It's the greatest meal. You come before the Lord in his house to eat at his table, and Solomon warns you, pay close attention to the type of meal you are being fed. 
because the one who gave you this meal will expect a similar one in return. As Jesus has humbled himself in service for you, he tells us very clearly that we must humble ourselves in service for one another. How can you love the God you don't see when you don't love the neighbor you do see? Everything that he did at the Last Supper and this gift of his Eucharistic presence, we know is culminated, is perfected in his death on the cross. The Eucharist is the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Christ. That's what the Eucharist is. It's the whole gift that Christ gives to his bride, the church. And it's this gift that you receive every time you commune with the body of the Lord. It is this gift that our Lord expects back from you. And so every time you encounter a situation, especially with family, especially with your spouses and your kids and your parents, but even with coworkers and neighbors, every time you encounter a situation in which they are trying to crucify you for one reason or another, whether you deserve it or not, our Lord has shown you how he expects you to respond. It's one of the great fears that any good Christian should recognize. There's no way we have the strength to die like Christ for our neighbor, let alone for our own family, without his grace, without his grace. That's why he gives it first. That's why he bestows upon you the grace through baptism, through confirmation, in holy confession, in the Eucharist, and in all of the sacraments, so that you would model this act of love and service. That's the whole point. So tonight in particular, and tomorrow, especially as you reflect upon the sacrifice of our Lord, I want you to meditate on that one person, and all of you know who it is. It's that one person that drives you crazy, that you just can't stand. That one person where in your mind you have a thousand different reasons why you should not die for them, why they don't deserve your sacrifice, your love. I want you to think about them and realize that is the one person Christ wants you to die for. Because it's the one cross you've been rejecting all this time. How can you love Christ if you can't love that person? So that's your meditation. To bring that person with you throughout these holy days. In your mind and in your heart. To meditate and to realize that you are that person to Jesus. You are the one who constantly fails him, who constantly sins against him. And yet time and time again, he dies for you and he forgives you. And so he tells you, don't die for them because they deserve it. Die for them because I deserve it. 
Christ, who has loved us in this way, is our model and our strength. And beg him for the grace that you need to die to yourself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.